This is Steve, and I haven't done a podcast lately, uh, or in a while actually, to be honest with you, at least not one where I just sat and talked and gave you my opinion, because I haven't had anything really profound to say as of late. Um, I'm not a super black protagonist, I'm kind of a middle-of-the-road kind of guy. I hate when anybody is being treated unjustly, it just doesn't uh, fit uh, in my heart scheme. comes to uh, racial injustice, um, I've always said, hey, you are who you think you are, and I've always fought um, my battles by trying to be at least the best I know I can be, and because I'm black, I figure that's a victory for black people. But I was watching the John Lewis celebration uh, today, and um, even though there were some amazing speakers, some heartfelt stuff, I really believe that Barack Obama really put his finger on it. Not just because he was Barack Obama, but because he put his finger on it. And that is, is that um, democracy itself in America is under attack. Just because George Wallace isn't here, Bull Connor isn't here, doesn't mean that there aren't people who are trying to do the same things. And as shocking as that may seem, um, it is a reality. And if you don't know who these other people are, Google it. It's horrible, it's disgusting, and it's dangerous. Which seems to describe the current administration that uh, for some reason decided to hijack my party, which is disgusting because the people in the Senate seem to be enabling this gentleman for the ability to have enough judges to do just exactly what I was just talking about. Disenfranchise people's votes, segregate us by race, and to control all the means of power, I guess, for greed and self-aggrandizement. As much as I believe in the ability of individuals to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps and for the invisible hand economy that allows the pressures of the market to determine the winners and the losers, um, I was impressed and amazingly happy as to the new access to business that is afforded through the internet. Digital technologies. Uh, back in the old days, if you wanted to sell soda pop, you needed to put it in a bottle. And if you didn't own a bottling company, well, you're tough luck. If you wanted to sell it, you had to sell it from a shelf in a store. You couldn't get shelf space, tough luck. Now you could sell it out of your house to anyone in the world simply by going on the internet and uh, setting up shop. Overhead's nothing really is a matter of ideas and competition, which it should be, because there's always going to be competition. But over and over, these new opportunities seem to be thwarted by the same old, tired tropes that stand in our way. Um, And that is is that a lot of people uh, succeed only because they cheat, they lie, and they steal. They don't really want to compete. They don't want to put in the hard work. They don't want to fail. They don't want to understand what it is to learn. And um, one person can't stop 
all these people. But um, I think like Barack Obama put his finger on it, one person can inspire a lot of people. And each one of those people can turn the tide. And he said that it may not happen in the next year, next 10 years, next 20 years, the next 200 years. But that doesn't mean we should stop marching towards that goal and towards those victories. And, um, you know, life is finite. Um, um, My cousin's father, who was like a second father to me, uh, left me a message on my phone yesterday and said, Stevie, this is your Uncle Tony. I'm in the hospital. I'm dying of cancer. My lungs are filling up with blood, and this is it. He's uh, back in Washington, D.C., Virginia area. And uh, Tony's a special kind of guy, man. I always liked Uncle Tony. Uncle Tony was a light-skinned, Harley-Davidson riding black dude who dug black chicks (laughs) in multiple. (laughs) Had a lot of kids. And he was a, you know, 60s radical kind of dude. Um, and, uh, but he always had a smile on his face. He never hated anybody. And for some reason, being the only son of my father, my uncle Tony's favorite brother, you know, my dad, he really liked me. And, um, when I got that message, I had already heard from my cousin about a week before that uncle Tony was in the hospital. And, uh, I had left Uncle Tony a message on his home phone or cell phone, but I hadn't heard back from him. Under normal circumstances, when I hear a loved one is sick like that, you know, I go into panic mode and sad mode, and 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 I, and I, and I want to rush to do something, and I feel powerless. But I've had so much death in my family over the years that I've been alive that at this point I realize it is something that I cannot stand in the way of. And I thought to myself, well, I'll be patient. I'll, I'll try again or he'll, he'll call me. And sure enough, there it was. Late at night, I think it was like 11, 12 o'clock at night my time or, or 8 o'clock my time, 11 o'clock his time, something like that. But it was late at night. And I called back and I left him a message. And um, maybe about a half hour later, he called back from the hospital. And he says, Stevie, I, I saw you called earlier, but I was getting us some therapy and I couldn't grab the phone but I wanted to call you back and I said that's okay Uncle Tony and I said I just left you a message he hadn't listened to the message but he said he he wanted to talk to me you know before it was all over and I said well Uncle Tony it's really in your hands I said if you want to stay I'm sure the Lord will provide a way but I said if you're tired and you want to go there's some people waiting for you with open arms who will continue to love you I said, but I need you to promise me one thing. And he said, what is it? I said, when you decide to leave, would you please stop by my apartment and give me a hug on your way out? And he laughed. And he said, sure thing. I think these days with um, all the pressures, all the thoughts, all the anger, all the stress, the disappointments, the hopes, the dreams, all the politics, all the speeches, people standing on top of boxes and other people hiding below them. 
The right side of history is to figure out how to help a friend. Maybe one, maybe two, maybe ten, maybe a thousand. To get through the tiny wormhole that they find themselves standing in front of that scares the living shit out of them because they don't know exactly what's on the other side. And if you think about what they were talking about with John Lewis today, I think that's exactly what we all finally came to understand is that there was this young guy, 22 years old, who didn't know what was on the other side of the wormhole. He packed a little bag with a toothbrush and some fruit because he figured, well, whatever it is, at least I want to have something to keep my body clean, my teeth in my mouth. And my heart beating unless somebody takes my life. Well, I can't think of a morning that I wake up, or probably anybody I know who doesn't think exactly the same thing. If that's just to get up and get the kids ready for school, to prepare another presentation for a boss that you hope appreciates your work, to find an investor for your business, or to deliver the mail, or just to get up and brush your teeth. So that there was some activity in your life that day. So what I'm trying to say is. I think each and every one of us are heroes every day. For giving it a shot. Because the wormhole is waking up. You don't know what's on the other side of that. You could go back to sleep. My dad used to say, nothing comes to a sleeper but a dream. And at first I thought that was, you know, a negative statement, you know, because he was the kind of guy that would get up at four o'clock every day, no matter what he did that night. And I mean, no matter what he did that night, and he'd get to work and go to work. Because what he was saying was, is without work, you don't, you don't produce anything. Like dreams are good, but you need to work. But I think the great thing about generations and generations is that we get to take what the previous generations have and add to it. So as his son, I thought, well, you know what? Work plus dreams is an intuitive way to see through the wormhole what your efforts today can produce. John Lewis had a dream. Martin Luther King had a dream. Hell, George Bush Jr. had a dream. Evil people have dreams. And they work on them, too. But the first law of motion is that something in motion will stay in motion until it is met by an opposing force the same as or greater than. And something at rest will stay at rest until it is affected by something that puts it in motion. If the only thing that we are putting in motion is fear, hate, jealousy, and pettiness, well, that will stay in motion until it isn't affected by an opposing force, which is love, hope, kindness, and yes, 
good dreams, and good works. Excuse me for preaching. I don't have all the answers. But as a man in the middle of the road, I could go in any direction at any time. Or I could just sit here and watch the world go round and round and round and round. Which is fine by me, as long as everybody's getting along. And when I decide to cross the street, either a stoplight or a stop sign or a crosswalk assists me in getting there safely. Because people recognize that my life matters and their life matters. We talk about Black Lives Matter because it seems that in America, that's the only question that we have these days is, do these people in power really think that black lives matter? Not that all lives don't matter, but it seems like these other lives are not in question. (laughs) So do you have to be a radical, um, you know, Afro-American antagonist in order to uh, get things done? Well, maybe so. I mean, like you say, something in motion uh, needs to reach an opposing force in order for it to stop. And if hate against black lives is what it is, then yes, you have to get into good trouble. But at the same time, what I really do also love about Barack Obama is that he doesn't limit his comments to that. He realizes that As they said about John Lewis, it's better to get converts than adversaries. And if we let our hate and disgust for those who hate and disgust, then the only thing in motion is hate and disgust. That is not an opposing force. I hope to all my friends and all my listeners that if you believe in white power right just redefine it define it as in I want my white child my white son or white daughter to grow up to cure cancer or to feed the world to come up with the design that allows us to have renewable energies that are as efficient and as fun as we found fossil fuels if you're black power I hope you define it as I want my kids to be educated, lawyers and doctors, to help people, educators, to find their full potential, to be pilots and astronauts, to discover new worlds. If it's brown power, red power, or yellow power, I hope you define it in a positive. Because if we can get people to start defining things in positive terms instead of negative terms, then that's what's in motion. And it'll stay in motion. Because if everybody's on a positive page, there won't be enough negative energy to come against it and stop its motion. That's 2230 Redondo for today. Peace and love. Please, if you have comments, post them. Or somehow reach back to me and start your own podcast. I believe in the power of positive thinking, but I also believe in the power of positive acting. Hug somebody, kiss somebody, and love somebody.
because the more you give, the more is given to you. Press down, shake it together, cup runneth over blessings. Praise the Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. My Lord and Savior, even for the wretched and the weak, there is, there is, a, there is a house that is built to comfort you. And the Lord Jesus Christ, whether he be real to you or just a symbol of a Savior, Man, it ain't a whole lot to do in a church of believers. But there's a lot of work to be done out there in the world of sinners. So get out there and get to work. Peace.